100%. So like um okay, so like what so you're so you're in the, you want to be in the in the cannabis space. Like you meant so what's the company that, what's the ideal company you're trying to model yours after? Okay. So basically Burner. He's like the big one of the biggest influencers right now in the cannabis industry. If you just Google Burner, you're going to see his branding come out, you're going to see him come out. Uh, basically what Burner did was he was already in the cannabis space pretty much just pushing trees, right? So he was known for pushing trees. Like that's what Burner was known for. Burner was a baller. Burner was a multi-millionaire before his branding even started. So Burner's selling weed. He's known on the street. What happens is he teams up with a grower. These growers make a strain that goes viral. The strain is called cookies. So cookies okay. is fucking everywhere. I'm smoking cookies. We've got cooks, 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 cooks. Cookies is like one of the most known fucking strains in the world. It's just like Kush. It's just like OG. Like those strains that everybody just knows. Weed, right? Okay. So they make cookies. Burner becomes the face of cookies where he takes this shit around the whole world. Because keep in mind, Burner's already traveling the world trapping and starts giving out his fucking strain for free. So this dude is shipping them out the country. Uh, dude, he, he yep, yep. He's smart as shit. He's, he's, He's giving value at scale, and he's he's, he's, he's Amazon. He's Amazoning this shit. He's putting his fucking face on this strain, like yo, this is my strain. Like serious cookies, bro. He fucking presented it to Little Wayne. He like he got signed to Taylor Gang by Wiz Khalifa. Like, like I I know it makes total sense to me why because he had a his product was fucking fire, and he gave it away for fucking free to the right connectors and the right people who fucking smoke that shit in the space. So Wiz comes up to Burner. Burner is at this point selling cookies. He has the inside dispensaries already, right? Which is still doable right now, 2018, September. Because you get a strain into a dispensary. It won't be forever. Um, Wiz comes through. Wiz signs Burner. Now, Burner gets a platform after Wiz signs it. Yes, he does. He's no longer just doing social media. Now, he's like music. He's an artist. That's what he's known for, right? Like, he's building a fucking face for himself. So, he uses that platform to grow his social media, which he then launches the official branding of cookies so with a large following base behind him being known in the industry as a weed smoker being around with khalifa giving himself social proof that he smokes a lot of weed right yep. um his bland, his brand blows the fuck up so he now sells cookie merchandise he has more yep. cookie stores that sell merchandise than his actual weed well yeah because you can sell it to anybody because basically now what it is, it's it's just it's straight just weed culture. Like, it's it's weed culture. People aren't buying into the weed; they're buying into the lifestyle and the branding. He doesn't even realize it. He's bu- they're buying into his fucking lifestyle. Whatever his cultural message is, they're buying into that. Which is just that he makes a bunch of fucking money. Like if you listen to a burner song right now, it's about making money. It's about coming from the hustle. It's about pushing trees. It's about fucking. You know how many money. kids? You know why I know how many kids can fuck with that type of shit? Because literally, like the majority of people that are in fucking high school, a lot of them they don't have money to pay their way through fucking pay their way through fucking school. That are from the hood, they all pay their way through fucking slinging dope, prostituting bitches like all Sling, that prostituting bitches, slamming slinging dope. And then the last thing is like, um, cause my boy, remember my boy Maverick, he's an artist and his whole thing, he was talking, we were talking about the hustle or whatever. He was like, man, I remember them days, nigga, when I used to have like them EBT food stamps. And I'm like, yeah, nigga. I'm like, I know, nigga, I, nigga, uh, I literally was like, nigga, I showed him the card. He was like, bruh. I'm like, what you thought? Like you thought I was all cookie cutter and clean. I'm like, yeah, just because you have this, cause I happen to fucking talk white don't mean shit. <laughs> Doesn't mean a damn thing. I come from the fucking trap. I understand exactly 
what like yeah. like you're a white boy who happens to come to the shop I'm like dude nigga I'm like that's just normal I understand that shit like I understand what this dude's doing he's literally he hacked culture and he brands himself the right way as that guy which allowed him to go into other spaces he never would have got into it became much larger than what it was supposed to be right but Burner connects to a very like yes he's very tough in the cannabis industry I feel like everybody loves me listen to his music but I feel like to the average like let's just say a, a new pot smoker because the way that the industry is moving is that now we're gonna get more people in their 30s and their 40s and shit that are smoking weed right Right. like the entrepreneurs that were up there presenting bro I smoked joints with two of them in the back next to the Rolls Royces yeah see can you can you can you can you imagine if you would can you imagine if you literally like was the guy in, in the fucking in the medical like the medical fucking marijuana space or whatever that like because most entrepreneurs do fucking blow they they blow a tree a hundred percent especially like our age entrepreneurs are blowing a lot of tree so when i was talking to them he was like yeah like i need at least a half pound of weed so i can even work up efficiently obviously at the point i'm yeah i I didn't have a half pound of weed to be like here you go but if you had a half pound of fucking if you had a half pound of weed or whatever to like fucking roll with or whatever at scale yours but my point is i still gotta smoke with them i still gotta get in with them like they fuck with me like yo like thank so you, you want to get are you trying to get in with raw or trying to get in with cookies uh, or burners sorry i ain't trying to get in with none of them i'm trying to do my own thing. okay I'm mr thc that's my instagram like i'm building myself as mr thc but i do need to get in with them i need okay. to get in with smoking with burner i need to get in with smoking with josh from raw i need to get in with smoking with wiz but not necessarily right under their wing like oh i work for you know burner or oh i work for raw but it's like yo i'm i'm doing my thing in the industry but i'm cool with all of these guys all of these guys fuck with me like that's ultimate big picture where I need to. So be. you're trying to be, you're trying to be, a, you're trying to be an influencer in the smoking space. Like, yes. a, like so 100%. you nailed it. But I'm trying to follow his blueprint. I'm trying to create the branding for myself, leverage it to create an actual brand. Which so, well, so, so do you have, do you have any, like, do you have any news on? Do you have any, like, so here's the thing. So the only way for you to like recreate his fucking strategy is literally, to, you're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to get mentored by him. Specifically about how to go ahead and like reverse engineer and to do that, which means that you might have to you have to you're gonna have to find a way to directly get in front of him. You have to find a way, you're, gonna to, you're gonna have to find a way to be able to get in front of him, to be able to get mentored by him to like reverse engineer the strategy, because he doesn't have a book or something that's out that allows you to reverse engineer what he's doing. You can like look like, like let's see burner. So. Uh, he doesn't, but he has music, bro. His music says it all. I've listened to every fucking Burner track there is. Like, Burner goes back. He's from the Bay, so we bump Burner out here all day. But he literally talks about his entire come up, about creating the strain, about getting signed by Wiz Khalifa, about selling dope to, like, pay his branding. Like, the dude lays it out on his tracks, bro. This shit is completely out there. So like I said, he... Hold on, I'm trying to... I'm, hold on, it's because fuck. I'm like, I typed in burner and everything. The only thing that popped up was burner girls. And I know that's for burning, man. Put burner, like, here. Here. Matter of fact, I don't know why I have research. I should have sent you all this from the beginning. Here, the, actually, the best way for you to see him is um, Instagram. How do, you, how do you spell his name? B-E-R... Oh, B E R B E R. So there's Burner four one five. Yup, that's him. Okay, so he's at one million followers. Okay. I just text you with Instagram too. So, so what I'm trying to look at is looking at his yeah, found his page. Let's see, yeah, I'm on I'm on his Instagram right now. 
So like you, you can like you can re, you can model you can literally model his Instagram and whatnot and just do the shit that he was doing. Um. Okay, the, you see those cookies bags? Do you see the cookie bags? Like it's like a little, it's like down, like not too far. Honestly, it's probably some of the like. So I see the dog. I see there's like a these C cups. Okay, he's not. It says tonight. It's it's. Or right, the dog. Look right over the dog. It's right because he has a picture of like his dog and the kid. It's right over the dog. Okay, so I have. I'm, I'm actually. I'm on the dog with the, on the with the blue leash on. So it's over. Yeah, I think you're a little like you're way below. Go up more. Go up more. Go up more. It's gonna be in the middle, and it says cookies. It's a white bag and a blue T-shirt. It's two white bags that say cookies. Oh, actually, those are bags. Hold on, I trip. I met. So here we go. So he's got these blue bags that's got a C on it. Yes. Inside that's the studio. Brand. That's his brand. That C, that's cookies. That's the strain, but the brand. That's where the clothing came from. All of his clothing, like, look. So your biggest, so the biggest thing is like, so you got to figure out how to add, if you want to get in front of somebody like that, you got to figure out how to add value to them, which really means you got to figure out who their gatekeeper is, which means that you need to fucking, you got to like do due diligence, um, on so your, who his gatekeeper is, is stingy. We can search him up on Instagram right now. So who is stingy? Who's stingy to him? Stingy's his manager. Stingy is his manager. Okay, well, how do you add value to stingy? That's a great. See, now you, now you see, now you see, you see how I'm literally going back and forth. I'm going literally like reverse engineering, like step yeah. by step, because you want to get like you're trying to you want to get to like you want to get to burner to and reverse engineer how he did it. So that means you need to find a way. You because like, the biggest thing is you need to figure out how to like become great friends with burner to where you're going to be able to like schedule calls with him on a fucking regular to where you can get, um. Get so FaceTime. See, the name of the game is not money. You want the FaceTime to get the knowledge so then you can reverse engineer the knowledge of how he did it. You can follow his system for how he did it. I'm writing this down. Because it's about how, once you, once you figure out how to add value to him consistently, then from there, he's going to want to help you because you are helping him solve a fundamental problem he's having. Because a lot of these big medical marijuana people or whatever, like the more that they keep trying to like get to the point where they're like getting, I guess, stingy with their followers and shit. What's going to happen is because there's a dude named Big Mike or whatever who's like huge in the medical marijuana, at least in California. Now, yeah, oh, like, this is crazy. Okay, never mind. That was, that's Rose. So he did some shit with like, he did some shit with like Rolling Loud or whatever and whatnot. Right. Which was cool. Or so, Big Mike. So Big Mike is this dude. He's, he's, in, he's in the cannabis industry. He's like, he's big in that. He, he throws parties in L.A. like for the 4th of July every year. And I'm like, that's really smart. He basically, what he's doing is, if you're throwing, if you throw a party that's all about smoking weed in the fucking cannabis industry, that makes total sense why that's going to work. No, literally, think, if you literally think about it, why that shit works, if you throw a party in the, in the cannabis industry every single year and it's the dopest party that around and everyone there fucking like loves smoking, Eventually, you're going to get sponsors that want to fucking jump on to be like, we want to like tap that marketplace, which then you can use the majority of that money to make your fucking parties better, which brands you. It brands you. So I can throw a huge. Yeah. Great, great way to get branded. You can literally throw, you can throw parties to get your, to literally get yourself out there. Like a lot of people think that like this is when, when brands do like brand activations, they are throwing a party. That is it. Yo, so. 
basically, I just need to be prepared. I need to have my branding on point. I need to have my products ready to launch. I need to have like my services ready to launch. So by the time, I feel like that's literally all I need to do. So basically, right now, like I said, I've built up my personal page, Mr. THC. But the ultimate goal is to like... Oh, hold on. Eric Farb? <laughs> Dude, I actually know him. He... <laughs> Eric is... A, he's actually a friend of mine. Yeah, I was going to tell you... This girl I dated gets followed by Stingy, but it's cool you know him. That's even better. Yeah, he, um, so what's funny is that, yeah, so he, um, <laughs> he, he used to be in the pickup community long time ago, and he was like, he was super, he was really, really, really big into, um, uh, he was big into, uh, um, music for a while. He was trying to, like, he was trying to become, like, a music producer, do all this shit. He does it for Burner. He produces Burner shit. He, he probably produces their, he produces their content. No, he does con he does music for Burner. He produces beats too, bro. Stingy's so starting to put out his own music. He has like this wildlife shit going on. Yeah, so yeah, what's funny is that he started he started getting he started really fucking around with a lot of shit on YouTube for over a while because he was trying to figure out how to hack culture. I literally remember specifically he was like I I, I literally remember it's funny because I remember Eric, me and him used to work at the same nightclubs like a long time ago. So he started from nothing. Yeah, I, yeah, he started from he started from absolutely fucking nothing. Like, we both used to hustle the streets trying to get girls together at the same like before he ever became stingy and like he branded himself as that. Straight up, like, like if you go back to his maybe his, some of his earliest posts, he might have got rid of them. But like, we're talking about five, six years ago, dude. He was a promoter in Los Angeles for for shows or for what? No, he was a pro nightclub promoter, dude. We used to work some of the same venues together. Yeah, dude. He basically developed his own personal brand. I literally remember. I rem, dude. I rem, dude, I can literally remember the days when he literally was like, you know, he was working as a personal trainer at Equinox. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. So if you think if you DM'd him, he would ask. Yeah, here's what's funny. I just went through some of his old photos, and I just found there's one where he's training this girl right now at like his LA Fitness. There's another photo. Like down here or whatever, and it's he's at Lure. Like, and I, I this is our this is how I remember him right here. Like, when we used to work the same fucking venues, <laughs> he used to do a bunch of social circle shit. Supper Club LA. We used to work the same clubs, the same parties, dude. I know exactly who old boy is, man. Like, oh, dude, got Emerson fucking days. Damn, dude. Like, that was, we used to do. Damn, we did this shit like. Long fucking time. Yes, he's t yeah. This is when Vitaly was fucking some new YouTuber. And he wasn't who he, like who he was now. He was some YouTuber. No, like so Vitaly, Vitaly TV. This dude is a he's a he's a big fucking YouTuber now, but he wasn't back then. Vitaly was fucking like legit small as shit. And I think Eric has been his friends with been friends with Burner for a minute because actually some photos with Burner like years ago. For real? There's some photo with him with Burner. Literally, dude. Like, dead ass, like. Bruh, this is a trip. Yo, the weirdest thing is how I met you, because you and I weren't even having a conversation to begin with. Not at all. Hearing you talk, and now we're talking, now we're on this FaceTime that's gone on for a cool amount of time. Now, like, you know Eric, who happens to know Burner, this is a fucking trip. That's how, but that, that's how, that's kind of how, like, the, the, that's how small the world really is. 
Anybody that you want to meet, there's somebody that's a gatekeeper that has that person's ear that somebody in your immediate network is friends with that can connect you with them if you add value to them. That's always what it's about. That's literally why I talk about adding value at scale because you never know who knows who. And my rule is be nice to everybody because you might know somebody that like is seriously big in an industry that I might want to break into. And I'm not going to take the chance of like, you know, it's like knocking you or knocking you or, or, or not listening to you because of just something you might have fucking said. Like just because you're fucking 19, nigga, you're the, you're the fucking future. A kid like you is literally the, fu- is the future of how social media and culture is going to be. Like you literally like this is how you can tell that people like Lil Xan and shit and Lil Pump have affected culture. Nigga, your hair is the same fucking color as that's my, like my like and I'm just giving it as an example like there was never a time that shit like that was seen as cool in my when I went to school like you would have got your ass beat if this if we went to school like that that's just the truth like in my day wearing skinnies was gay and then it became popular as shit because of jerking I grew up on on, on the jerking bro I had the whole skinny jeans look look me I do the whole skinny thing 100% oh yeah dude like that's that's the reason I can I'm aware of like when how culture really starts with youth it's whoever's popping in the youth that is relevant. Like, little Xan is fucking relevant because all these 18-year-old girls can fucking... Why do you think you see these 18-year-old girls with fucking colored hair now? They all... they at Rich all rich people all want to look like hood niggas. When did being a nigga... When did being a nigga become culturally fucking relevant? Nicki Minaj has uh, Takashi hair. Nicki Minaj has rainbow hair. You've seen that shit, right? Right. So, Nicki fucking Minaj has Takashi color... Right? Hi, nigga, how are you a nigga? My nigga, how are you a how are you a blood gang? How are you a blood gang member? Nigga with Skittles hair. This nigga looks like Jigsaw. But that's that's the joke though. That's like the whole entire like that's the entire gimmick, yep. bro. Is that he wants you to be like, no, fuck that, like no, you know, like, like can't be no gang. He wants he is he he is allowing you to talk shit about. Him. If you're talking shit about him, your name is in his mouth. You can't be Mexican and be a blood. Like, I'm just clear that. Not at all. Nigga, you, you can't be you can't be Paru. You're not you're not a blood. You're not a blood. Like that's just you're, you're done. Nigga, that type of shit. That type of shit. Cause literally, like, s like legitimate like threats would fucking fuck you up for some. Like if nigga, if he went to the pen, there's very there's only specific places that this nigga can hang out at, and real hardcore fucking like pyro like Paru members would fuck your little ass up. They would just they'd make an example of you and shit. That's why, that's what you always hear about fucking like real gangbangers robbing these like hood, like robbing like, you know, people once they made their money and shit. Because guess why? They already know if, if they can rob you of your fucking chain, they can, dis- they can disrupt all your credibility. Yeah. So if, if I can take shots to you as a rapper, you put my name in your mouth, that's how old, that's how, why do you think rap, like rap beef, really? Rap, rap beef? You know what they're doing? They're hacking culture. Stealing chains and shit. Yeah. Stealing chains, talking shit about you, fucking your baby mama. What they're trying to do is put you, get you to say their fucking name because if you have a title and you say it, you put them on. She cost you six. Uh, keep, 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 suck my dick. I fucked you. You seen that right? The whole baby mama shit when he like takes his baby mama to Gucci and he's like casting out. And Bro, he's hacking culture. Everyone's talking shit and be and see. Here's what's funny. Everyone's talking shit. God, he gonna get his ass beat. And in my head, I'm going. He's marketing. Yeah, he's just like, like exactly what you say is what everybody said in that anger. I feel like people are gonna be more willing to share that shit. You know Bro, look at like, Donald Trump. Like, look at Donald. Look at Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump was an ultimate, ultimate shit talker. Just hacking culture, talking shit. Intentionally. 
That's why people start creating like creating beef. Like my whole thing is like I'm not gonna create beef, but if I want to hack culture, I like hacking culture is easy. Just find who's relevant in the community, add value to them, and fucking add value at scale, and they're gonna feel so guilty they're gonna do shit for you, and then everyone's fucking shouting your fucking praises on the rooftops. Well, bro, you know what grew my account to 20k followers? So basically, see, it's I funny. I had no idea you even had 20k followers because I even I never I hadn't even added you yet. Yeah, I don't um. I don't smoke backwoods or blunts because I don't smoke tobacco, right? But I'm from Vallejo, so Vallejo is fucking backwood town, bro. So Mac Dre started the whole backwood movement. Mac Dre's from. Yeah, I know Mac. Yeah, Mac Dre. Mac Dre, the one that's uh, uh, uh. This dance, you know what I'm saying? No, I was thinking actually. Uh, I was thinking I'm really, really, really feeling myself. Yeah, yeah I'm feeling myself. Yeah, I remember, that shit was my shit. Remember that shit? Go stupid. Yep. Like that was the basic, bro. People. Were yeah. But anyways. Backwoods, like Mac Dre branded backwoods. Like this motherfucker did everything from backwoods. So everybody in Vallejo loves backwoods. I don't smoke backwoods. So a while back, I launched some shirts that I made, and I went to the smoke shop, and I, with of course with my fucking mouthpiece, bro, I talked these dudes into taking down the backwood hoodies and putting my shit up. So I had a video of them taking down the backwood hoodies, and I'm like silently, like not loud enough so the owner could hear me, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck backwoods. Like, yeah, that's right. I don't smoke backwoods, so they're not putting backwoods shit up here anymore. Bro, that You hacked so culture. Cause everybody was everybody was like everybody was like, yo, fuck you. Did it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. You don't smoke backwards. You ain't a fucking smoker. You but guess what? Smoke. But guess what? Because it's going up, going up, going up, going up, Instagram's going, this is a relevant topic. We need to go take a look at this. So then they're fucking going and taking a look at this shit. And they go, Oh, what is this? Ooh, we need to put more fuel to this fire. We need to make sure it shows on the explorer page. <laughs> Because Instagram's fucking dumb. It doesn't. It doesn't think about oh, what damage is having contri- contributing to society. They give a fuck about what is our audience gonna give a shit about that's gonna make them talk. <laughs> you said we're add fire to this, dude. That's exactly- They're like, let's put gasoline on this. So they put it on the front page because they control the algorithm. Let's light this kid on fire. Yeah, bro. So for a long time, bro, I was walking around and like, man. Smoke backwood, and I'm just like, yo, like nope. people really take that shit to heart. But nowadays, I'm around people love me. Like my town is like, oh, Mr. TC, like all the joint smokers and shit, like praise the fuck out of me, you know, because they're like, yeah, you stood up for us. <laughs> exactly. You start. You took shots at one community. That community's talking shit. Here's the thing, by the there's no such thing as bad publicity. The only bad publicity if you don't have any. Like you should revel whenever there's bad publicity and people talking shit about you, because that means more people know about you. More people know about you when they hate you. Than when they like you. And here's the reality. Not everyone's going to like you. The people that hate you at one time are going to eventually end up loving you. And the people that love you today are going to end up hating you tomorrow. Like, that's just how it's going to go. So the only thing you give a shit about is consistently hacking culture and staying, staying, um, staying relevant in terms of, like, in terms of community. How do you continue to add value and keep hacking culture at scale? Like, think about Gary V. Gary V is now the official marketer for, like, Gary V does, like, teaches, like, hip-hop culture how to fucking market in the hood. I see that shit. Bro, you know, you don't find... Dude, people think about... Like, people don't get... They don't get it. That is smart as shit. He is giving social media advice to the Logan Pauls, to the fucking Nipsey Hustles, to the people in the music fucking space. Because music is what creates culture. Music... Music is what dictates fashion. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so... You see, this is exactly why I need to tap in with these fucking rappers, bro. This is exactly why. Even though I'm not a fucking rapper, I need to be socially accepted by rappers. Like, 
all this shit, bro. My city hates me. I'm a five foot six Mexican kid with brown hair that's trapping harder than everybody around me. Makes exactly. Me. Bro, these kids are still selling selling eights down the street, and they're watching me catch like first flight, first uh, class flights to LA, staying at penthouses. See what's crazy? Well, here's what's crazy though, dude. You should really be. Are you vlogging your shit on social? hundred percent. I'm on YouTube. Fire, dude. Let me. Let me actually. Let me. Let me. I'm actually gonna take a look at your page now. Now since we're talking about it and shit. Uh. TC on YouTube. Mr. THC on YouTube. Mr. THC, MRTHC. I started my thing a month ago. Look at my videos from the first video I posted to right now. What I'm looking for is. I wonder if I Google myself if I come up. See if yes. Yeah, here's the thing though. That and here's what's interesting. So it says grilling with you, grilling with grilling with my Mr. THC. Is this grilling with Mr. THC? That's the first thing that's popping up. See, this oh, is what you, th you know what you see. This, yeah. So, like your search results. When I search up Mr. TC, I, I swear, my sh I mean, it's probably because I've searched it up before, but like, yeah, like my shit comes up right away. When okay, I so maybe, maybe I'm like doing it, doing it wrong. M R T H C, just like that. All together, all together. Hey, Mr. THC, YouTube. Hey, Mr. T. Okay, Mr. THC. Cool. One of the first things that I'm sitting there thinking right away is that like you should have like in terms in terms of branding yourself, you, you need to you need to literally keep that that is your branding. So, do you have a website? I don't have a website. So you need to go ahead and like buy Mr. THC the domain. Bye. So you don't. So let me take a look on on uh. Let me go to uh uh go GoDaddy. Because this is when it comes to branding, you want to buy up all the things that would literally be. Um, mine, right? Like mine. Yeah. Five domain, okay. So, Miss, sorry, Mister THC is taken. Mister the Mister T. So, or you know, let me try the the Mister THC is available. Uh, what about Mister THC with two C's? So I just want it to be whatever the easiest thing is for people to fucking find you and shit. Like you need to be this. You need to be the same shit on all. So if 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 you have to change your name on fucking Instagram to like the Mr. THC, you just want to make sure in terms of branding that you have everything that someone could fucking like like if because someone could easily easily try to own your shit and they'd squat on that shit. You said they could own my shit. They could literally so like they can buy they can buy like Mr. like Mr. THC dot com is taken right. So that's what I said the Mr. THC. See what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, but they, can they like buy my Instagram or something? Type shit. I don't have no idea, but like, like this is what I look at. Like, in terms of branding, you want all of those names. You want all of those names early in advance because if you're gonna be hacking culture, what you care the most about is legitimately fucking um. Is it, you, if you're trying to hack culture, you specifically want to make sure that you own, like, people are able to find you and find you easily. Because people are fucking lazy. Because I'm just thinking, I'm like, the Mr. TC sounds so long. Like, I just want something short, like. So I'm just, I'm just taking, uh, so I'm taking a look on, uh. I mean, if. So underscore Mr. THC cannabis, yeah twenty yeah so twenty one k. So what you're gonna what you're gonna want to do is 
you're gonna so for you you're gonna want to do a lot of a lot of collaborations going forward you want to be figuring out specifically who you should be collaborating with in terms of content creators that are up there in the bay that are like in the fucking cannabis space like I, I, I'm, assuming, I'm, I'm thinking about following your strategy about finding their gatekeeper and going through their gatekeeper because their DMs, it's just a cold DM game. Exactly. Like, and the problem with the cold DM game is that like when you, when you DM someone, it goes to, it goes to the, to, it goes to this place called, um, the like other box. So when you do that and it goes to other, what ends up happening is I don't end up, I never see who ends up like what new people are fucking following me or sent me a message. What I end up having to do is I literally have to go. I have to go and, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I have to go to my other box, but it's this small little blue button and shit. So yeah, the, yeah, Instagram doesn't make that, a, if someone DMs me, doesn't make it a priority, which fucking sucks because if you reached out to me, that means literally I have no way of like checking if you follow me or any, I have no way of checking that, which is kind of fucked up, but it is what it is. Right. Okay. Did you follow my Instagram already? So yeah, so I'm trying to follow you fucking back and fucking Instagram's always does this weird shit with me like it, I have to always keep refreshing for some reason to follow people back because I have people from the weekend I need to follow back. And this see this is an example of what I talk about. So like my group like my, my so like my um my chick just did this giveaway or whatever. She did like for like a week, right? Yeah. And she goes and I was like, um so she goes, so basically there was a girl that won that she partnered with this brand. She gave a, she did a giveaway for her, for her thing to get people to like, you know, do this shit. Then she gave the gift card to the person that won, right? The tag, I guess the majority of their friends, cause that was a criteria, like follow her, follow, follow her account. And then fucking, it was like, follow her account, follow the other account. Right. And that, that we're going to get, the, they were going to get the gift card for free. So the contest ran for a week and then it ended on Monday. So the first thing I'm thinking is, okay, cool. You did it. That was amazing. Wonderful. You, this is the girl who won and shit. That girl needs to fucking take, be taking a photo with the fucking gift card. If you can directly either mail it to her or give it to her, whatever. You shouted her out, right? Um, the other thing is she needs to specifically make sure that that person like uh, tags, tags you back for that. Because then her followers now become your followers. You're cross-promoting, if you will. Yeah. So she goes, she goes, more views and more people are looking at my account, etc. I'm like, that's too fucking vague. Like, you don't give a fuck about someone viewing your account. That's like, like me having someone view my account is the equivalent of like me cold approaching a girl. Like, I need them to consistently see my account. So then they'll end eventually follow my account. Then from following my account, they're going to start liking my post if I'm releasing content that's valuable to them. Then if I'm releasing content that's valuable to them, they're going to keep liking my shit. Then from them liking my shit, they're going to comment. From them commenting, they're going to DM. From them fucking DMing, if I release a product, they're going to buy or they're going to want to meet up with me. The name of the game is you literally be like need to be figuring out how can you get more people to watch you for longer periods of time. Now, people think that videos on social media are the thing that you shouldn't do, but videos are great for one reason. If you have a minute video and someone's watching the minute video, and you like have it be and it's and it's a, it's a, it's a it's a video for a minute. It's got a fucking dope high point that adds a lot of value. They're gonna go watch the YouTube. Yeah. So now you're using to, to you're using the video to make it interesting enough to move from one platform to the next platform to keep for them to keep watching your shit. Then if you have a fucking podcast and they can't like they can't get their daily dose of you, but what they do is they can go to your podcast instead to get your fucking content. Then they can listen to your content passively. Instead of actively having to sit there and watch your shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can just subscribe and just get their daily dose. And then, you know, make sure they turn on the notifications or whatever. Then if you're on IGTV and you release a piece of content, what's great is that because it's a standalone app, if they have it on their phone, they can literally, or they can literally just go to Instagram, watch your fucking, watch your shit, 
there on IGTV. Because um, Instagram literally only shows you posts of people now that are random that now are posting on IGTV and that are live streaming. That's their, that's their main priority. Because they want people to hop onto it. Exactly. So I just got to hop on. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, I just, I don't want to ask you this before I forget. You knowing Eric, you're stingy. Um, yeah, yeah. I legit actually fucking best? know this, which is kind of fucking crazy. I had, I literally was like, what the fuck? I know that motherfucker. What's the best way I can add value to him? So the thing is, I haven't talked to him in a long time. The best way to add the best you this it always comes down to like legitimately giving an adult getting into a conversation with the person because once you can get into a conversation, you just get them to talk to you. Then you can figure out exactly how you can help them. So just finding where he's at and just being able to find a way to meet him and get in front of him and talk to him. Yeah, if if anything, I would just literally be like, like figure out who his gatekeeper is, or even like. Like, start following his content for a bit and start seeing what he's been releasing. If he's got a blog or something and he's talking about what he's going through currently at the moment, you might be surprised on how you can add value. So he's, I know he's dropping all kinds of music. He's like dropping all types of shit. Like, it looks like he's trying to create his own brand. It's called like wildlife or something. So if he's, if he's trying to do a lot of that type of shit, he's trying to basically hack culture. If, if music is his primary focus or whatever right now. Then what? Then you know that in the music fucking space, he's having an issue, which means he needs help basically with like social media or like, like so like social media social media management, or whatever if you will. So like something as simple as, um, either connecting him with someone that can like run his social media account or like you'd be you'd be surprised on on the things that it that it takes really to add value. Like he's in the marijuana space as well. Like he should do a collaboration with Big Mike. He should collaborate with Big Mike down here in L.A. And get him connected with Big Because Mike. LA is where music is. Yeah. And it's where most major content creators are. Like LA has a, probably the biggest like cannabis space by far. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to talk. To, I'm going to try my best to get in a conversation with him. But I'm interested to see because I know he's working directly with Burner. And obviously Burner is like the face of the Bay Area when it like for weed. Like everybody. Exactly. Like so I'm curious to see what their relationship with Big Mike already is. Exactly. See, they, 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 they may have. They may have it or they may not. But if they don't have it, that's where they should they should be cross-promoting each other. Big Mike gets to get up into the fucking bay and gets what he wants. And then fucking um, the uh, – who else? Uh, Burner and Stingy. Yeah, Burner. You see, like – you see, it's literally – it's just figuring out what each person wants and then connecting those people where they wouldn't have been connected. Yeah, man. I'm going to have to do some brainstorming. That's what this is why you do your due diligence and you do your research because before like it's like it's like it's like literally Sun Tzu says it best know thy enemy like like thyself a thousand battles a thousand victories. You've got to know who you're talking. You've got to know your audience. You've got to know who you're trying to pitch. Like if I'm if there's a girl I'm trying to fuck as a model, I need to research the industry. I need to know the fucking space. I need to know who's big in the space and how I can add value to them currently right now based on what they're working on. Which means I need the people closest to them to tell me exactly what they're having a problem with. Stingy has somebody who is his gatekeeper that if you figure out and get that person's ear and solve their problem through one of your connections, you now have got Stingy's ear. Then you add value to fucking Stingy. Then you fucking get up the ranks to where he's with fucking Burner. You figure out what Burner's fucking problem is and connect them with that person that solves their fucking problem. And then that's how you get to where you want to fucking go. It's about figuring out who you can, who's specifically in the space that they need and adding value through that fucking person. Because there's always shit that someone doesn't know. Not, you're not, you can't know everything. These niggas ain't omnipresent. Right. They're not God. Yeah. And that's what I'm Yo, saying. Ah, bro, I, I already feel like I fucking owe you a world, dog. I, <laughs> I, 
want to do things for you, man. Like, dude, you really got my number, bro. Like, I, I'm a fucking like I can sell. Like, I, I hate using the term selling because I, I understand it's all about. No, tr- dude, trust me. I spent, dude, I spent twelve years in, I spent years in sales. I get it. Okay. Fuck it. I hate, I hated selling Kirby's. Fuck that shit. This sucks. Yeah, I've done it all, bro. I've done door to door. Same here. Gym memberships. I've, yep. I've done it. That shit fucking sucks. I'd rather be selling my own shit. I'm gonna sell yeah, somebody yeah, shit. I'm fucking down to sell your stuff. Like I'm down to make you a hundred thousand dollars because I know if I make you a hundred fucking racks, you gonna be like, I need to keep this kid around. Keep this kid. You know it's funny because that actually it's funny because that actually is like the most like like it's true. That's how I think. The more if I can make you money and solve your problems, you ain't going anywhere. Fuck no, because you make somebody hundred thousand, bro. Like. That's just that, that's your homie. <laughs> that, like, you just made, you just took so much care of me. I, like you're the dog. So, bro, I will do my part, but just if you can, if you had something set where you're like, yo, from this day to this day, like we can network and we have things set up. I can yeah. pretty much be like another set of hands, another another mouthpiece yeah. that can be out there exactly talking about what you want to talk about. If it's about selling your course, if that's what's gonna make you the most money, then we go out there and we do that. And mm-hmm. I'll catch the flight, bro. Like I'll stay out there. I'll do the whole fucking night. Let's just to set up the date, so it's kind of like back to back to back. Yeah, because then it's much easier. Back home, I'm obviously I'm doing my things. I got a family, and like I'm a grower too. So I got like operations wow. that I'm running down here. Yeah, bro. Wow. I'm like, I, I don't have a nine to five. Like I'm full timing like all my hustle. My hustle's full time. My packs are paying my rent. Like I'm just I'm rolling the dice, dog. I'm rolling the fucking dice. So that's you know, fucking there, crazy. My time is like like cutthroat, but. I make it worth it. Like, if I go out for five days, we fucking get leads. Like, we get people. We have phone numbers. Like, we don't leave the day unless we come back with the shitload of leads. That's what my whole thing, when you go to networking events, I'd be like, I'm like, I'm not here to fucking chop it up. I'm like, I'm here to fucking make guap. So I just sit there and I figure out who I can add value to and focus on those 10 people I may have met and add value to. And, like, I'll schedule calls and go, all right, cool, I'm going to add value to all 10 of these fucking people. Because if none, if they, that shit goes nowhere, there's two in there. They're going to be fucking, like, the people who I should be fucking connecting with. And then just drive through that network. And if the rest of them, at some point, they're, at some point that shit's going to follow through because that's just the reality. Like, yeah. I'm, like I'm, because I'm like, dude, you're up in, you're up in Frisco. I'm trying to think, I'm like, are there any clients that I, that I, that I would that I want to, I'd want to reach out to, whatever, in Frisco? I just have to do my research on, there's any, like... Anyone in the, anyone that's in like the private transportation space, so yeah, anyone yeah, because actually Frisco's got a lot of fucking bro, a lot of billionaires. The Bay, the Bay Area is broad. Don't just think of Frisco. There's Oakland, bro. You got Berkeley, bro. You got Napa Valley, which is fucking an expensive. It's, it's wide, yeah, it's wine country. Napa, bro. Wait, there was just something. I was just, I was just looking at something about Sonoma. Napa, Napa's transportation, bro. You go to Napa, you will see like so many blacked out Escalades, blacked out limos, blacked out. As a matter of fact, I used to work at a car wash right like down the street from Napa, and we would go through so many company vehicles, bro, that were like people that were just driving others around. So like, I'm sure those people know people in different places within the same transportation business, whether that's fucking air flights, whether that's jets, whatever it may be. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, our, I know they know yeah. people. So maybe that's the best way to get through their doorkeeper is starting off with the guys. Like, the people that are doing the, the car services, they're probably making, like, half a mil to a mil a year. So they already mm-hmm. got money, but they're probably easier to talk to than somebody who's, like, in the jet service making, like, you know, clothes. Well, you know what, though? Here, this is, this is why what I always look for is I look for people. I always look for in the space. I don't go for like the old, I, like I don't go try to sell the unsellable. So I like the people that don't think social media is worth the squeeze. I don't even like go and talk to them. I look for people that already get it 
warm leads. Basically. Yeah, more warm leads that are like, yo, like I know the power of social media. I've been looking for someone like you right now. You're going to help me do a lot of this. And then what we, what we specifically do is like, because we only want to like realistically, like I only want to be fucking selling like 10K, 10K packages. We're it's basically like that person. We are sitting there going, okay, we got five or six clients and we're going, we're strategizing for them going, here's how we effectively fucking help them. Here's how we set up like grassroots campaigns. So then we, me and the team, we get together and we fucking strategize. And then if that's, so then we know specifically for their brand, how to fucking help them. Let me challenge your perspective. Why don't you look at Napa as an untapped market of a bunch of old people that just need to be sold? Because these people are multi-fucking millionaires. They are. don't want to sell, don't sell. But I'm saying you should look at that as like, okay, if you want to sell to people in that niche, Napa could be a great place. And especially mm. like, like all, it's kind of like Napa's like LA, like the people that own these businesses live there. Like mm. you, you could get to them, you could get a hold of them in their mm. household. So basically maybe if you got younger people, young hungry people, bro, there's a community college in Napa. Like I'm sure like, like fuck out of 10 kids, two of those would rather sell for you than work a fucking stupid job. And make way more money selling for you, yeah. doing something entrepreneurial. So like that even sounds like a business trip worth your time, bro. Or even me, yeah, man, on, on true. my end. On my end, if you just set something together, I can go to Napa. I can post it. I can like try my best to spread the word on that. See, and, this, you know, this is I think the ideal thing would be next, like next call, we setting up, setting up, setting up a, a call with the team, and setting up a call with the team. Like so, like my my team of like five or six guys, and be able to go, okay, cool. This is what we need to start talking about and, and start discussing because. Like as a as a unit, because then we all really, really, really know. And we're like, because there's 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 a. It's not that I'm like there's I, I there's a way there. I just know that like when it comes to like become social media is still so new. That's why one of the things that I do, I always really talk about. I always so go we for need like to press these motherfuckers, bro. We yeah. need to come at them with some crazy numbers, bro. Look, we need to be able to instead of looking at our phone so much and putting in work, we need to be able to flip them around and be like, look, thirty thousand followers got me this much money. Like that's like what you need to talk See, and, and it's funny because that's exactly that's exactly what I was what I exactly was talking about. Literally was that thing right there, which was like the monetization influences being able to fucking show if you're in Sonoma fucking County and shit, you need to know who the, who the influences are in your space that are really into wine or whatever else that you should be fucking reaching out to that have the ear of the next generation. Because the reality of it is, is that like more and more people are on social media. And if you, if your brand is not out there big enough, even though you may, and if you have a big, if you have a, a winery is not, is not cheap. The overhead for a winery is insanely expensive. And those tastings that they do, they do a lot of community outreach shit. But the, rea the reality of what sucks is they don't know what they're doing. Bro, so think about this. Obviously, these people don't have the time to go out, really, and network with people for the sake of their business. They just won't because they've been doing the same thing forever. It's been paying their bills and the business is going And they're not going to be willing. They're, they're going to be too, uh, too hard. They're going to be hard to, like, to go ahead in, in, terms of they, in terms of changing. This is why you have to be the one to just solve their problem because they're lazy. Exactly. We have to come with the value. We have to be able to be like, look, don't worry about it. We're going to get the influencers for you. Because we know, Will, we know how to research the space and find your people. This is why you're going to pay me $30,000, though. Yeah, because I'm going to do all of your work. The top influencers in your niche, get them talking about you. And, bro, we fucking Venmo these motherfuckers 2500 and be like, let's get on the phone. Like, we just put money where our mouth is, but we charge our clients what we're going to pay these people. And what yeah. I'm trying to come to is we can still come up a $20,000 deal. That actually, but, that's, that's not, that's, that's not, that's, that's actually really, that's really, really fucking interesting. That's ultimate, like, high ticket there. It's like, 
lift like we can hit so many businesses not just flights and shit but we can hit so many businesses that just make a lot of money like wineries and so, Apple Valley. so here's here's actually here's actually one of the reasons i like going into these spaces i love like wineries tequila companies or whatever it's because of the status and the access so like the people that you meet like at those see that's yeah. the this the only reason i care it's the only reason i care I only care about going into the wine space because those everyone there, most of them have money. The art space, it's money. Like it's the type of connections. Like I love fashion shows, so I want the people with the money in the fashion shows. I'm looking for the fucking people at like I'm looking going to New York New York Fashion Week and figuring out how to add value directly to like Alexander Pline. Bro, so if you if you have the wine business on lockdown, if you're running their social medias, you can easily be like, oh, Wiz Khalifa is heading to Napa Valley. Don't worry, bro. I got you. I fucking know the owner. Blah 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 blah. blah yeah. Blah, blah. Specifically, you could literally go. You could literally send this influencer a case of your fucking shit. And you hit up the owner like, hey, on my end, I did some research. I reached out already just to let you know somebody with twenty million followers is landing down in Napa, and you're the winery of their choice because we're gonna hook them up. Like, you can be that ultimate connection, dog. You're. I mean, what I'm talking right now, I feel like is what you're doing, but like on a ten x level. Like you're exactly. already networking people, but I'm talking about networking people that are already part of your business. Like exactly. these winers already paid you. They're already, and you're just going above and beyond. Exactly. Your end, and 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 giving them more than they could ever imagine. Because dog, you put one winery straight, you're gonna have every winery. In every town winery in town. A few million dollars. Yeah. They'll pay you mills. Honestly, yeah. Thirty thousand was such an understatement. We can ask them for a hundred thousand, or whatever. Like, it's an understatement. Of what these people can really pay. Oh, yeah. Because they're a winery, dude. They do literally, they put so much money into operations and everything else alone that if you're a literally able to. They already make millions, bro. They already have all the money. But they yeah. More. It's they funny how, like, wineries money. still, it's funny how wineries still, like, they just, they don't get it. And I'm like, dude, Gary Vaynerchuk's literally built his parents' wine business off of the back of social. That's what we need to do. We need to get a cut from Gary V where he talks about I took my parents winery from uh, whatever million to this much million and just plays in that video. And just be like, this dude runs a $150 million fucking advertising agency off the back of social media. Dog, just like, bro, like with how much they can pay you, you guys can literally hire kids to get online and just talk about like these people's products like you can hire influencers you can do whatever but if you there's just like so much money these people can pay you for you to play with see and that's like, my whole thing that was my other part of like managing influencers because that's the other part of the value arbitrage when you have the influencers directly on deck <sighs> so you a dude this is insane bro because like this wine companies wine shit. companies yacht companies like the reason i like because i love like because one i like throwing parties too so like wineries yeah, I love doing a brand activation for, for like a beautiful at a beautiful winery. No shit, because I can fly up to SF for one of my clients. Yeah, club promoters—they're already hiring artists to go down there. They're already paying artists to fucking pull up. You just ten x it. You just like have every artist as a connection that just hooks you kind of up and shit, and you can probably get them in at a better price. You, there's a lot you can do, especially right? when you're managing the talent. Because here's the reality. Influencers right now, I'll be honest with you, most of them have one problem. They can't grow their following or get more engagement for what they're doing. So they're kind of stuck. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They're kids. So if, like, if they are popping, they're not going to be popping forever. So then they, they have this artist manager who's like, we're going to manage for you. But like, I literally had this conversation. I'm like, what does your artist do for you? And they're like, 
nothing. I'm like, so you have the talent, you have the value, but they can't do anything for you. They don't even understand social media or your numbers to pitch you to a brand. They're like, no, I'm like, what the fuck? Because they don't even know what, because they're, because they're old. And I'm like, this is like this day and age. I'm like, this is sad. You can make guap. Basically, you just got to hack the culture. Oh yeah, dude. That's all you got to do. Yeah, I gotta literally hop on another fucking call right now, which is kind of funny. So I was like, I gotta end this shit. So, guys, I hope this podcast was fucking some fire shit for you guys. Hope you guys have some really good fucking ideas. Well, you didn't realize I was recording already? I forgot! <laughs> yeah, dude. The, I love to record podcasts literally where it's like, it's just we're chopping it up, having a conversation, because then it literally flows way more natural, and it's not, um, it's not anything forced. So that's, that's how I do every single one of them. Yo, that's sick. Yeah, dude, because if I, if I start trying to, like, literally make it, um... How is a person supposed to learn to appreciate things and be like, damn, I, I finally did it if they want a handout? Well, it's true. Here's the, here, there's a statistic where it says that um, with lottery winners that you give someone $100,000, $100 whatever it happens, within six months, 90% of people who have won the lottery have spent the money within six months. Because we don't appreciate that which we don't earn. Anything that's exactly. given to us for free. Do you remember? Do you remember like when we when I, like when we got first got into flipping cars? What you told me? You were like, "Yo, I want to like let, let let me help you do this." But at some point, I want you to come in and become a partner with me and put your own money up for the cars, because you will appreciate the process more. You will care more about the cars, and you're going to do more. I don't want you working for me. I want you working with me. And we were very clear about that from the very beginning. Exactly. Because that was the reason that you didn't want to work with Mark. Yeah, a, a lot. But, you know, I was actually thinking about a lot of the things. But a lot of people want to gain access and be a part of something that they don't know the consequences to or the work effort that they need to make, which is kind of brings me into, like, starting to realize that a lot of people's not meant for, for a lot of things. That's why when I called you up, I knew what type of skill you had, what type of way basically I see as a business. You help me, I help you. Yeah. You know, in, in this world nowadays, like you said, it's all about connections. It's all about what you could bring in the table. I'm not going to bring you in if I know you're not going to add something, to, add the table. something at, to the table. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't think like that. A lot of people think because your families, your friends, that we gonna help you out or family members is obligated to help you out. And nowadays you're not nobody's not obligated to help somebody if they're not they willing to help themselves. Exactly. So my, my question to you is um how do you feel on people um, wanting to uh, get a uh, expecting a handout, for example. You know what? what you know what's strange. Like I'll, I'll say this: my perspective on people wanting a handout is like this. I have mixed feelings on it because I know at one point when I was younger, that's how I thought. I thought that the world owed me something. I thought that I deserve these things, and I mm-hmm. thought I deserved them without the work necessary to therefore go and achieve and acquire those things. And to be honest with you. In my younger days, I was not prepped or primed for success. It was not something that was going to ever happen for me because of I was not willing to change. I was very hard-headed. And I think because life got so hard, it forced me to adapt. And because it forced me to adapt, 
I started realizing the reason success had eluded me for so long was that these core principles that I didn't have within me, I didn't have the character of someone who was successful. So I had to change me and the circumstances around me to therefore achieve it. So my mixed review is I have, I'm empathic. I'm empathic for the fact that most people want handouts, right? Correct. But I'm also on the other side where it's like I realize that if you want a handout, here's the way the world works. You're never going to get the handout. And here's, no, you know what? That's a lie. You actually will get handouts. There's somebody that's going to take a liking to you and it's going to give you an opportunity. Here's what happens. That handout becomes a curse to you because you don't end up doing shit with it. And you end up fucking up the reputation and your perception of that person taking a kindness and a liking to you. And I can think about so many people that went out of their way to give me opportunities, right? Like a buddy of mine gave me an opportunity last night to do some shit with Amazon, to basically come in on his business or whatever and make passive income without doing shit because they've been watching my fucking podcast. So I'm going, I'm getting opportunities. Now that's a handout, right? Correct. No. What do I do with that handout? What do I do with that helping hand? Do I bite the hand that feeds me or do I accept the hand that it's trying to feed me and put prosperity in my pocket? And and where where a lot of people tend to do when they get that handout, they tend to uh, bite the, the hand of of that person that's trying to help them out. Yeah. And um like for example, I was reading a book and it was about this uh young entrepreneur, twenty-one years old, um, making millions of dollars. And um, he asked, uh, in the book, he asked a question and said, how is it that you become successful or how is it that when people get a handout, quote unquote, how do they um, overcome and um, get that progress starting to, um, for them to to start. Yeah, stacking. So in other words, I started thinking like, if I was to give somebody an advice, how would that person take that knowledge and do it themselves? A lot of people won't take that knowledge. A lot of people would just be like money, 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 but don't want to consider using the knowledge to gain them to get access, to get more money. And a lot of people don't see that. Like, for example, I'll be content. Instead of me asking some a millionaire, hey, I want to make millions of dollars with you. Or, or uh, working with you, why now you give me knowledge? I'll use that knowledge and try to use Make it myself. Make the millions my fucking self. To do exactly because, you know, a lot of people just don't see that way. But, you know, the, in reality, some people will give you handouts. But I myself giving uh, people opportunities that I felt like I was uh, getting my time wasted because that didn't take me serious. Um, it's not that, that, you know, I just take it as they're not even meant for this type of, type of job. I have to ask you a question. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this question based off what you just said. So, because you're like right, right now, right now you're, right now you're stacked, right now you've stacked six figures, period. Right. Without like, without doing shit, like the amount of times you put into this to stack six figures is absolutely fucking insane. Right. Now, here's what's funny. You have given this opportunity to how many people? Like, I want you to count off the list of people that we know that you gave the same opportunity to, to basically make the same income that you fucking make. And you were going to show them and hold their hand on how to do it and show them your systems for making it work. How many have followed? 
how many of the people that you gave the opportunity to actually listened? Because I can name the names from what from our conversations in the past. Um, I basically it was about like four or five people that I gave the same knowledge, or and um, I think only one person took it serious, which was you. So now I've got one question for you. Yes. Okay. Only one person took it seriously. Could, can you now probably imagine why most successful people don't give people handouts or opportunities anymore? Because they get burnt out. You give four or five people an opportunity, nobody does shit. And because nobody does shit, they just go, fuck it. Why give out any more handouts? Because no one's going to do shit with it anyways. Exactly. So, to the, so, to people, to the people that, that are sitting there going, I wonder why no one's trying to help me. They have that opportunity. Because somebody already was trying to help you. They don't, they're not looking at somebody in their past who already was, there's always a hand that's out. Correct. Have you slapped it away or are you taking it? Most people don't see the prosperity that's around them. They're blinded to it because they don't think an opportunity is there. They despise it, therefore they don't see the opportunity. How many jobs do you think, like if you really think about it, right? How many jobs, if you're working a job and you're doing a good job at that job, how many people walk up and offer you another job? People just don't take that job. Correct. They say no because that's not what they want. But that was prosperity coming to them. They just chose to say, that's not what I want. I don't want to be prosperous in that way. But prosperity came. You just didn't see it. You didn't see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. You took it as an insult, a slap in the face, a downgrade because you're too fucking fancy and you don't want to humble yourself to do the things necessary to get the fucking job done to level you up and up and up to get to the next thing. You know, and, and what I realized, a lot of people are scared of change. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was I was really scared of change. Um, I was even thinking about it made me get chills. Um, I felt nervous. You know, but you know, I prayed on it, and um, and being this type of business, you always gonna take wins, you always gonna take losses. But one last thing, I remember, I prayed, and I was like, I'm not taking no more losses. I prayed, and ever since then, like I told everybody, even my own brother, I would tell him, do not ever think you can't do nothing, or do not think that you're going fail because you will always have a positive mindset because you will become successful and um to these gentlemen that 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 i was teaching uh the knowledge that i knew there were you know everybody had their own specific um negative comment like oh i can't do it oh i feel bad oh it's not for me oh i'm not making this much money you know, everybody's different, but everybody takes hustling different. You know, just like if God wanted us perfect, we will all be doing the same thing, doing everything perfect. But everybody has their own way of getting information uh, and basically using that information on their own pace, their own way. They feel it's going to be comfortable for them to use but a lot of people just want to do the same thing this person is doing. Oh, I want to do this part. I want to do this. I want to do it just like you. And they fail because they're not learning from me making, from watching me. They're learning from me telling them. But 
in in other words, they're trying to copy what everybody else is doing, not trying to find out what um how how to do it on their own. You know what's crazy? What you're saying? There's a the book Mastery by by I think it's I don't know if it's Robert I think it's Robert Green, but he talks about the the fifty thousand hour or the ten thousand hour rule. Sorry, not fifty thousand hours. It's the ten thousand hour rule, and it's you must do something the long way for ten thousand hours in order to master it. Then now only do you have the right to create. So anything that you're gonna do now, this is forty hours a week, five days a week for the next like. They say if you take five years and you do that, that's not mastery. That's just you getting it to an intermediate level of decent understanding. The next five years is when you actually master because when you've mastered something, you're able to do one thing. You're able to duplicate yourself and train someone else to get the same level of proficiency that you've got. So like there's something that Jim Quick always talks about when it comes to learning. He uses this in an acronym called Be Fast. And the acronym is basically for the way that you are meant to learn, the best ways is active and engaged learning. So your short-term memory, like this conversation, within a 48-hour period, it's gone. If it does not get moved to my long-term memory. So that means when I am learning something, learn with the intention of teaching. So most people don't wanna teach people. They're like, I've got nothing to teach. The reason that I have a habit of always teaching whatever I'm learning, it's so it'll fucking stick. It has nothing to do with me wanting to run my goddamn mouth. I'm trying to get the information to stick so then that way I remember to do it and to fucking execute on the thing I just learned. Because I know I've got a 48 hour window if I don't write it down, if I'm not actively engaged, I'm not asking questions for the knowledge to therefore disappear. Correct. Because remember when, remember when you were teaching me this shit, you always said, yo, teach it back to me as if you were teaching somebody else. else. Why? Because you didn't realize it, but I already knew. I'm like, oh, that's really fucking smart because that's actually how I'm going to learn this, this business and learn this game is by going and duplicating it and teaching somebody else exactly how to do it step by step, brick yeah, by brick. And, um, you know, it's great that you mention it because not only... Um, that type of uh, not only that type of skill of you repeating it back to me works in businesses but also works in your own personal lifestyle uh, relationships even if, if uh, there's a street hustler you know you could use the same knowledge and, and learn um, the only reason why is because a lot of people um a lot of people question themselves like, oh, I'm, how do I do this and that? But, you know, when they get that help, they got to, one, look back at what knowledge they, they got from this person. And two, they have to be able to use that knowledge the same way, you know, not the same way as the other person told them to, but their own comfortable way, just how... You, I'm pretty sure you notice your own comfortability on how to do certain things differently than I am. So in this type of business, you're not doing everything the same I would because you know how to do it in your own way. Does but that it's, make ba- it's based off my experience. So like our, my, our experience is subjective. You have one way of having experience. I have another way of having experience. Because our experiences are different, we can take the same knowledge, interpret the same knowledge very differently based on our experiences, based on our cognitive biases, based on traumas. We don't interpret the world exactly the same way. Yeah, so it's the same. We we both basically, 
we both get the same knowledge, but we retrieve everything differently. Even you know, how we like, execute it's going to be fucking different. Yeah. Like, but and that that's the thing that I always say is like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you execute on it as long as you're using the fundamental principles. I remember when I was in martial arts and my instructor Sifu Mike used to always he used to always talk about circle and line theory. And he's like, when, when you know, when circle and line theory was when someone circles you, you cut them off by going straight ahead of them, and then when someone goes to come straight to you, you circle them. And he said it doesn't matter the way that you that you use kaju, the way you use, that you use kaju. It all comes down to as long as you have the system in your head and the theory of therefore these are, this is the way that we go about fighting. You can fight your own way as long as you focus on these fundamental principles. And it's interesting because. Each person has a system and a systematized way of doing things. The name of the game is whoever is teaching you, just follow their system and then you can add your own thing to that system. But as long as you are following the system and the principles, it's going to work. Correct. The reason you have to still do it your way and you're going to do it your way is because it's the way that's comfortable and familiar to you. So it has nothing to do with you being an arrogant person, it's just based on what your comfort level, what your experience is. You're going to therefore articulate these things and do it your own way regardless. Correct. Um, and just to uh, bring this up, I thought it was really funny. But um, yesterday I had woke up and this quote was not really a quote. It's off a movie. It kept playing in my head. And um, you remember Friday, right? Yeah. The first Friday. Yeah. Where Big Worm tells Smokey, you ain't sold my weed, Smokey. What did Smokey say? He kept denying, saying, oh, I'm not smoking your weed and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to sell your weed. And Big Worm said, I don't think you're applying yourself, Smokey. I found that kind of funny because a lot of people don't apply themselves when they want to get into business or when they want to do something with their with their life, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, they're not applying themselves. So I just found it kind of funny because, in you know, you gotta apply to yourself if you really want it. You gotta go get it. You know, it, it's just crazy how life is. But my question to you is, what do you think I should do? Should I, um, base off the teachings? Should I start charging people? Um, to teach them um, knowledge about, you know, cars or how to make money, or or what what, what do you think? Well, what's your advice? You know, so you know, I'll I'll say this. Um, it so so here's the here's the question I always ask: What do you want? Like at the your ideal perfect lifestyle, what does that look like? Or no, you're like like at the end of your life. What do you want your life to look like? Because that should be the driving force behind all of your actions. Well, what do you mean? Can you... Okay, so what I mean by that is that, like, what do you want? I used to ask, like, students all the time when they would ask me about dating code, like, dating questions. And I used to say, okay, you're asking me this question, and you want a specific answer, but here's the question I have to ask you. What do you want? What's your outcome? Because when I know your goal... Then that way I can tailor the answer I'm going to give you. But if I don't know your outcome or your goal, I can give you a piece of advice. Well, and it won't be relevant to you because it's not your long-term goal. You know, I always thought about it, but I felt like I should charge people. The only reason why is because... They'll appreciate it. They'll appreciate it. And on top of that, if they don't want to use that knowledge, you know, I got paid for it. And then 
don't feel your like time I, wasn't wasted. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like I should, um, because a lot of there's a lot of information to this type of business that that needs to be um, addressed. On top of that, there's a lot of hands-on situations that where I gotta get my hands dirty just to teach the next man how to do certain things. And I feel like you know that's that's time, effort, my effort. You know, I take I should it, be paid for my time and yeah, effort. Exactly. I shouldn't be wasting my fucking no, time. Nobody, to be honest, you know, I came I came up struggling when when I was young, and um, I didn't expect somebody to come help me. I didn't even ask for a handout. Um, I always told myself I'm gonna do it. Um, it is crazy because um, I was getting an oil change the other day and I told myself I like that car I'm gonna get that car and a couple months later I end up getting my dream car it is crazy but the, the only reason why I feel that I was able to get my car was because I didn't tell myself oh I'm, I wish I could get this car I told myself I'm gonna work for it because I want to get this car. And I think having that mindset shows you that how hard I, I, I work to get where we're in the position that I am. So in other words, by me teaching somebody else how to do certain things, make money, is is all about time. You know, a lot of people is not going to, for example, if you... If you go to an entrepreneur or, or or somebody, hey, how to make money, do you think they'll give you tips? You know, what they'll usually do is like, if I'm really serious, what they're going to do is they're going to be, they're going to, they're probably going to ask me, have you bought my course? Have you exactly. been to one of my seminars? Anything like that. Because at that point, they know you've got skin in the game. And because you've got skin in the game, you're going to take what they say much more seriously because you've already paid. Dan Locke has a great center. He goes, He's like, don't give away free advice. See, the reason that I can give away free advice right now about shit like this is because of the fact it's a fucking podcast. This is going on a social media platform and it's gonna be it's gonna be massively broadcast to a large audience of people. This is how I'm able to get free advice and have it not cost me shit. Cause I'm, all, I'm doing something in route to do something already that's going to make money. So this is just a stepping stone. This is something extra, but this is not my, this is not a primary money maker. If this is a primary money maker, that now I've got to try to monetize shit, which means that I've got to therefore be cheap with the knowledge that I give. I've got to therefore hold back from people and not give it my 100% all, which is basically cheating the audience. So that's how I'm able to get free advice. I don't just give free advice. There's always an intent behind the free advice I give. I am my my one of my uh, one of my boys uh, and, and a business partner. He always says, um, "You are Mac. You are you are." You were um, strategically nice Or like I'm Machiavellianly nice And it makes sense because Everything I do has a purpose Has an intent There's nothing that's not thought through Thought out and thought about the long term Repercussions and effects of what I'm doing That's just how I'm very linear in my thinking Very logical, very very calculated So any way that I can do something to help people that doesn't cost me shit, I'm down for. But if it's going to cost me a lot, I'm always thinking of what's my ROI that I'm going to get out of all the effort I'm putting in here. And then I start looking at it. If I can find any type of ROI from the action that I'm taking, I'm down to take the action. 
even if it doesn't physically seem like anything is manifesting from it very quickly. So, um, but to answer your question, what would oh yes, what what would I do? Yeah. What would I? Okay, it would, I, the people that, the pe- there's a okay, there's like three market segments: the ones that want to be charged, the ones that 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 uh, don't really trust you yet, and they're kind of fence hitters, and they're gonna convert in a little while. Then there's the, the group that's in the middle. I look at this just like dating, which is if I'm gonna charge someone for this, there's gonna be some that are willing to pay. There's gonna be some that um, are kind of on the fence. I'm I'm like I'm, I'm I kind of know you. I'm down for it, but I'm not really sure how it's gonna work for me. The last ones are like I don't trust your ass at all, but they'll take free advice all day. So I hit all three demographics. The ones who really fuck with me are gonna put the money down right away. The ones so who are kind of on the fence, I'm doing that right now. Which is the people that want to pay me for what I do. I'm monetizing already. There's a small audience of people that are gonna buy from me already. I just focus on those people that are already saying yes to the buy. The ones that are on the fence, I got the podcast for them to give to make them more comfortable. And then the last ones, those those people that therefore share this with other people, get those last bit of people that are kind of like, I don't know who this dude is and fuck him. I don't even know who he is. That's great. I got all three. So I can play the short-term game, the long-term game, and the uh, the intermediate game. I get it all. Let, let me ask you a question. Would you charge a friend, for example? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Oh yeah, good. There's no way in it. because by very, the very nature of him being my friend, we're too fucking familiar, good. way too familiar. Good. He's not go- he's not gonna respect me because he knows me too much. So that's exactly why I'm gonna tax his ass. Exactly. Um, what I learned in this type of business, that's that's for any business. You know, whether you're friends or not, you're you're still gonna get treated the same. You know, if you're running your own business. And a friend comes by and says, oh, you know, I want to get hooked up or whatever. Or, you know, is you got to treat them equally because at the end of the day, you're running a business. Yep. You got to be fair to everybody, treat everybody equal. On top of that, you got to let them know you're serious. The only reason why is because if they get too comfortable and they be like, oh, Jay, Jay's going to hook me up. They're expecting to get hooked up every time they see you yep. when they want something. Yep. You know what I just read? And, and thank God that it crossed my mind. A lot of people, I read a lot of people that are close friends um, to a person. And they say, oh, I love you, man, for, for hooking me up. Or I love you, man. Thanks for, for doing this favor for me. They don't really love you. Because you're doing something for them, they love you because they basically have something, or you're giving them something to um, that they need. For example, a lot of people only want something because they need you for something, not because they want you. And that's what I learned in part of business is when a lot of people come to you. And say, hey, Jay, I want to do this and that. All those years that you known the individual, whether it's a friend, family member, why all of a sudden... And you're hitting me up now. Why yeah, did you come exactly. to me fucking four or five years ago? So so it's like they only want you when it's convenient for yep. them. So yep. therefore, when they want you at that time, you're going to charge them because it, you know, you're not going to be stupid... A lot of people that will pay for knowledge, you know, it's fair. If if there's people that pay for knowledge, 
why not your own friends? Yeah. Why, why not your own family members? You know, it, it sucks, but at the end of the day, you could give them advice and they might not take it. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and what I learned is that a lot of people don't want to take um, some of the, the anything serious. No, not at all. You know, you, you have to consider your, your effort you put into it. You have to consider everything. I mean, look at you, man, you know. You grew up in uh, what would you say in uh? You mean poverty stricken? Yeah. You, what do you say? It was Fuck, uh. Dude. Oh yeah, man. Like I was considered low class, dude. I remember oh, yeah. I got a tattoo. Um, I got kicked out at the age of sixteen. I was renting out a room with some um some lady in a bad neighborhood. Um, I remember that, which is fucking crazy. You know, my mom had a good paying job, but just because uh my tattoo. I got kicked out and, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start focusing on myself. And and it's crazy because I, I look at a lot of people differently because how is it that um, I'm able to overcome situations like this about my life? How is it that you're able to overcome those situations where we're not living like that no more? But when we give information or when we try to give handouts to certain individuals or our friends because we feel bad for them or whatever. Why is it that they don't take that same information serious? And, and you know, it's just crazy how life is because, you know, in, in, my, in my situation, you're not going to learn unless you struggle. That, oh, yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. You're not going to learn from anything if you don't struggle. If you get everything handed out you're not gonna appreciate nothing you're not gonna uh know what to do when 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 the tough when the storms fucking come how do you handle when those storms come exactly because especially you know it's funny because i remember from just from teaching for so many years one of the things i used to always catch with my students was the students that got good really fast never stayed good they always reverted back to those old habits, but the ones who struggled for the longest, and they struggled for years, those are the ones who became fucking monsters, and it's because they struggled so much that they had to learn it at a level that was deeper than everybody else in order to really be proficient and really be good at it. And even in my own case, I was a slow learner. So because I learned things so slow, I always had to take the long route of getting things done. But it gave me a mastery of everything that I put my fucking hands to because I had to work so goddamn hard. Yeah. When even with promoting, I used to spend sixteen to eighteen hours a day busting my own. You know, there'd be, and this is just this is just the truth. Most people don't know this. There were times I used to fucking do cocaine and I would do things like meth and and uh, uppers like Adderall just so I could stay up a bit longer to out hustle my competition because that used to fucking scare the shit out of me. I was my own worst enemy. I get up still in the middle of the night and I'm thinking in my head, somebody's fucking outworking me. So my mind starts to freak the fuck out going, I gotta do this shit, I gotta get it done. Like my fear fucking drives me. But it's also a little bit of like, kind of the small man syndrome where I've got a fucking chip on my shoulder and I've got something to prove. I gotta fucking stick it to everyone that, that ran their mouth about me. And that's strange, that's, you know, but that's just how things have kind of worked for me. Um, but dude, this was this was fucking dope, man. Um, just before we end on this note, just for all the listeners out there, I just gotta ask you, uh, 
Carson, where where would where would we find you at if we want to keep in keep in touch with everything you're doing with flipping cars? You want to keep in touch just kind of with your life and your life story. Like, what's your social media handle that we can just kind of throw out there for for the audience? Share my, you know, just my personal numbers. The way you could reach me. At, uh, I wouldn't. Know. I wouldn't give out that. Let's start with your inst your Instagram, your Snap, right? Is it all in the, is it all in the same name? Uh, no, or you just want to go with just Instagram or Facebook. Uh, uh, what you do know, you feel just, comfortable giving? Just tag tag my Instagram. Um, cool. I don't know my my Instagram name by heart. All right, but just tag me and then you'll let me know. All right, guys. So I happen to do know his handle. If you guys want to find him, you'll find him at Buddha Bands. It's at Buddha Bands. I'll go ahead and tag it directly in the episode. Um, thanks again for listening. I hope this was amazing. I hope you guys learned something from this. Um, like, comment, subscribe, share. You know, give me some feedback. Let me know if this was useful for you. Let me know about you know further episodes that how I can help you guys and how I can be a value. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about you guys. And I deeply give a fuck about how can I add more value to your guys' life. Because the more I add to you, the more you know you guys will pour into me. A rising tide raises all ships. Peace.